0: Hey everyone, my name is Adam Barfoot and welcome to episode 18 of the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast. I am a mental health therapist and I am also a coach at two different CrossFit gyms. This episode is The Man in the Arena Part 2. This episode is building on The Man in the Arena Part 1, which is episode 17 of this podcast. So if you have not listened to that episode yet, I suggest you do that. In this episode, I talk about the importance of commitment, spending yourself in a worthy cause, how to make the most of the time you have, how sadness and anger are connected, how to respond to fear of success and fear of failure, and I ask a lot of questions that you can reflect on. And I want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast is almost to 750 total plays, which is super exciting. Like I've mentioned on a previous episode, I don't do this for the number of plays that it gets, but it's still super exciting to see the podcast almost past 750 total plays. And My two biggest passions are mental health and physical fitness, and this podcast is all about the integration of those two things. So I want to say thank you for listening, and also thank you to all the people who support the podcast and also give me encouraging words about it. I am also a mental skills coach and I offer personal mental skills coaching, which are one-on-one video meetings with me that can help you progress toward and meet your goals. Focuses for personal mental skills coaching include, but are not limited to, positive self-talk, goal setting, lack of motivation, mental barriers, performance anxiety, and self-confidence. The 20-minute initial consultation is free, and going from there, I offer paid 30-minute sessions. If you would like to schedule your free initial consultation for personal mental skills coaching, email me at counselingandfunctionalfitness@gmail.com at gmail.com or message Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook or Instagram. Theodore Roosevelt said, It is not the critic who counts. So the man in the arena part one, that episode ended with the line, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. That next line that I'm picking up with in part two of the man in the arena. So this episode is, but who does actually strive to do the deeds. So let's look at this. The difference between those who do and those who do not is in the actual doing. This is something I said in part one of The Man in the Arena. And to follow up on this, I have a question. Are you constantly planning? Are you planning in order to act on that plan and get to work? Or if you are constantly planning, are you planning as a way of distracting yourself from the actual doing. Planning is necessary. Our results come from our working, and our results will be better when we have a plan that we can trust. We get better results from better plans. There's a quote from Benjamin Franklin that says, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. We need to make a plan that leads us toward our intended destination. And we need to make sure that the planning is not a way of distracting ourselves from the actual doing. The man in the arena actually striving to do the deeds is in contrast to the critic who points out how the man in the arena, or the strong man, stumbles. The strong man is putting in the effort and doing the work. The critic is picking apart that work bit by bit, To find anything he can to point out how the strongman stumbles. The man in the arena pays no mind to the critic who is sitting in the stands of the arena making judgment calls about the strongman. The strongman knows what he has done to get to where he is. The strongman knows the effort that he has put in to earn his place in the arena. The critic does not see the dedication and the work put in so diligently day after day, but the strong man does, and he knows that work and dedication deeply. The critic is p- quick to point out where the strong man stumbles, but the strong man reminds himself that he is, in fact, the strong man. The strong man is the one who is actually striving to do the deeds, and the credit belongs to this man the man in the arena, and not the critic. The next line in The Man in the Arena says, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause. There is a quote from Frederick Buchner that says, your vocation in life is where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. So what is your greatest joy? What sets your soul on fire to the point that it consumes your thoughts and your desires? Looking at great enthusiasms, great devotions and commitment. What pursuit is worthy of your all out effort? What is worthy of you devoting your full effort to? When we understand our answers to these questions we find our vocation that's your vocation the answers to those questions and vocation in the sense I'm saying does not mean that it's necessarily your full-time job but it means that whatever this is for you that's your calling you have the choice in how you respond to that calling so again what is your joy And what is the joy that drives you? What is your greatest joy that can meet the world's greatest need? For me, my greatest joy that meets the world's greatest need is helping people through my work as a mental health therapist. In my work as a therapist, I help people work through difficult situations, find their strengths, recognize their emotions, learn more about their emotions, and to live to their full potential. I also find great joy in helping people through fitness, and I put these two greatest joys together in integrating mental health and fitness, which is what the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast is about. Jordan Peterson, in his book called Beyond Order, says, imagine who you could be. And then aim single-mindedly at that. So I have more questions for you. What would happen if you went all out in the direction of the person you could be? If you devoted your time and effort in that pursuit, where would you go? Who would you become? And who will you become? About spending ourselves in a worthy cause. We all have a cause or causes that we spend ourselves on, whether we think that cause is worthy or not. We can look at our daily schedule and see what is important to us. We can talk all we want about what is important to us, but what is our time going toward? What is our effort going toward? And what ideas are we advancing in the world through both our words and our actions. There are 168 hours in a week. If you are spending 40 hours per week at work, and if you are sleeping seven hours per night, that leaves 79 hours you have per week that you are not working or sleeping. We often have the view that the 40 hours in a work week is the majority of our week. And that makes sense because that's usually the majority of the time that we are awake each day, those eight working hours. But we can see in this with those 79 hours per week compared to the 40 hours per week at work that we have almost double the amount of hours in a week that are not dedicated to work or sleep that we have to make the most of what it is that we want to focus on. This explanation of the amount of time per week, the total number of hours and then the amount of time we spend sleeping and then working and then that additional time in the week where we choose what we do during that time goes to show if there is something you want to make happen, you have the time to make it happen. We give our time to things that we see as valuable of that time. With whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's you want to start something like a business or you want to embark on a fitness journey and change your health and your fitness and your lifestyle, no one is going to do that work for you. And if we put it off over and over those decisions, it can feel even more daunting to get started and I think it's, it's really interesting, the difference between what we do when we are tired. So you may have heard someone say, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to go to work today, but they go anyway. And maybe when they get home from work, they are tired and they have this goal and these dreams that they want to accomplish, but they give themselves a way out by saying, oh, I'm tired. Because when we are tired, but we have to go to work, we go anyway. But when we are tired and we have these dreams and goals, it it just seems like sometimes we give ourselves all the time in the world when in fact we do not have all the time in the world to do the things we want to do and to get to where we want to be. And that 79 hours per week might sound like a lot because it can be a lot of hours if we use it wisely. How many times have we just sat on the couch watching a TV show for an entire night after work? Or how much time do we spend looking back on that time saying, "Mm, I could have spent that time doing more productive things? If you do not know where to start with maybe making the most of that 79 hours that you have Per week outside of work and sleep with whatever it is that you want to do take the first step and see what happens we might be only able to see the first step and it's interesting how sometimes when we can only see the first step the second step appears when we make the first step Only you can bring your personal passions to life. If you have a passion project or a dream that is burning within you, you can know the great enthusiasms and the great devotions of the man or woman in the arena. You have to take the first step and then the second. Start where you are with what you have. David Goggins, in his book that's called Can't Hurt Me, he says you have to find strength where there is no strength. Sometimes you have to invent strength. Let's look at a fitness example of this. When there is no strength that you feel you can call upon when you are tired during a workout, what do you do? Say there are three minutes left in a 20-minute workout that you're doing. What do you do? You're going to most likely finish the full 20 minutes, but you may have to slow down. You may take a long rest, but you're most likely going to go for the full 20 minutes. But then with our goals, we go until we get tired and then we stop and call it a day. We put down the book we're reading or the the job that we're working on with our goals, our, our, our project, we just set it down and call it a day for that. What if we continued working for a little longer? Just try 10 more minutes of reading, 10 more minutes of writing or studying, whatever it is that you're doing. Just go for a little longer because sometimes when we cannot find strength, we have to invent strength. Sometimes we feel like we hit a wall when we get really tired. Next time you feel like you hit that wall, whether it's a workout or working on a project, test to see if it's actually a wall. Test to see how much further you can go until you rest or until you need to take a break. David Goggins also says in his book, Can't Hurt Me, he says... The engine in a rocket ship does not fire without a small spark first. We all need small sparks, small accomplishments in our lives to fuel the big ones. Think of your small accomplishments as kindling. So for you, what are the small accomplishments that you can build from? What kindling can you gather in your mind from the small sparks and small accomplishments in your life to fuel your big and future accomplishments? As you go, you will know and learn the great enthusiasms and the great devotions of the man or woman in the arena you will find these great enthusiasms and great devotions along the way and sometimes where you least expect to find them in my work as a mental health therapist with children teenagers and their families i often have to work and work and work until i see a small spark that a client can change and wants to make progress some examples of this are when a client identifies an emotion like sadness or shame for the first time so much of the time here's a note about about anger and sadness so much of the time sadness comes out as anger sadness is an emotion that can make us feel powerless and out of control whereas anger is an emotion that makes us feel powerful and Gives us a sense of control. Think about a time when you've seen someone get angry and it gave them a sense of control over the situation. It feels more powerful to yell out of anger than it does to cry out of sadness. Anger says, Get away from me or I'll hurt you. Sadness says, I need to be heard. I need to be cared for. I need to know that I'm not alone. Whereas sadness needs attention, anger makes other people want to run away and leave us alone. As a therapist, I often work with children and teenagers who have anger outbursts. And when we get to the deep therapeutic work, it turns out that there is trauma, there is hurt and sadness that is underneath that anger. The anger outbursts need to be addressed, and of course we do address those, but when a client's trauma, hurt, and sadness are uncovered and talked about, the client realizes that they can feel safe to open up about their pain and difficulty that they have faced. When that happens, sometimes the anger outbursts dramatically decrease in frequency and intensity because the core issue underneath that anger is addressed. And oftentimes, that core issue underneath the anger is sadness. Oftentimes, when we do not know how to talk about our emotions, we act them out. So they, they, we show them in our actions. Whether it's through talking or by acting them out, we show our emotions in one way or the other. When we can give words to how we feel, we don't have to act out in our actions. The control part of anger can look like, Now that I'm angry, I have your attention and you have to deal with me. An angry child gets their parents' attention. Looking at sadness, sadness can lead us to shut down and be quiet where anger is loud and is shown outwardly. Sadness hides and anger attacks. Sadness shuts down and anger shows itself outwardly. The thing is, something about all this is that sadness does not have to hide. We do not have to shut down when we feel sad. But oftentimes, anger is more socially acceptable than sadness can be. When we reach out to someone who knows us and will, who will understand, we can be accepted in our sadness. When we talk about that sadness, like I said, we don't have to show it through anger anymore Sometimes anger can be like a hard shell when underneath that shell, the sadness is hiding. And now moving on to the final few lines of the Man in the Arena excerpt from the Theodore Roosevelt speech. It says, Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. We see here that at the best, we will know the triumph of high achievement. And at the worst, if we fail, we will fail while daring greatly. When we dare greatly, we will not be known as someone who never tried anything great. But when we dare greatly, we can be remembered as someone who showed up every day ready and willing to do the hard work and give the effort that greatness requires. Effort sets us apart because people can see effort. Those who know us the best know whether we give our full effort or not and these are some reasons that effort earns respect when i see someone in counseling or functional fitness that gives their best effort daily i have great respect for that person and that's because that person earns that respect from me the best work can be done when we are giving our best efforts. And when we are daring greatly, we open ourselves up to great experiences and great results. Daring greatly involves courage and therefore risk because there can be no courage without risk or fear. Change in mental health and physical health comes from first having the courage to change. Sometimes there can be a fear of progress just as much as fear of failure. Fear of failure looks like, well, I've never been able to change before when I've tried, so I might as well just stop trying. Fear of failure says, I won't be able to change even if I try. It also says, if I fail, then I will be embarrassed. Fear of success looks like, well, I know that if I make progress, I'll be held to a higher standard by myself and by others because I'll be able to see that I have made progress and can continue making progress. Fear of success says, if I succeed, then things will change. And there can be that fear of change. Something about fear is that Fear provides opportunity for growth and the chance to assess what is important to us. The question for ourselves here is, will I surrender to fear or will I take the chance to succeed? If we aim for a lofty goal, the worst that could happen is that we fail while giving our best effort, which is daring greatly. Having a lofty goal can be scary enough by itself and the thought of failure can add even more fear there. When you are feeling that fear, bring yourself back to that question of deciding whether to surrender to fear or take the chance to succeed. We can control our effort in life, but we cannot control the outcomes in our life. Given that we cannot control the outcomes... We can keep our eyes on those things that we can control and dare greatly in those things that we can control. We can stay focused on the priorities and the most important things. We can set ourselves up for the best outcomes to happen. There's a saying of luck favors the prepared. I think talking about luck is somewhat irrelevant when it comes to the focus of this podcast, but this saying points out that, like I said, we can prepare ourselves to the best of our ability to put ourselves in a place where great things can happen. Wrapping this episode up now, I hope you learned about how you can be and how you already are the man or woman in the arena. I want to leave you all with an encouragement. Go out and give your full effort in whatever it is that you are doing. Dare greatly in your chosen endeavor, in your work, in your mental health, in your fitness, and in your life. Regardless of the results and the outcomes, we can always be proud when we know that we have given our best effort. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow along with Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. You can contact me by emailing counselingandfunctionalfitness at gmail.com or by messaging Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. See you next time.